welcome to the next episode of the IOIT podcast. My name is Sriram and I'm joined by Jim Brent and Edward Gordon. How's everybody doing? Doing well, Sriram. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing well too. It's a day here, but it's pretty good. I think it's awesome. a little, a little mm. toasty around the, around the country, mm. I think, at this, uh, this time in July. It's like I saw somewhere that it was 90 degrees in Anchorage, Alaska on July 4th. How's, how's it up uh, your way, Jim? You're in Vermont. It is toasty, and the thing is is that not a lot of the homes here are built with air conditioning, and so you kind of see a lot of window units popping up. Mm. <laughs> All good. good. So today uh, we're talking about... Sharon? <laughs> so last week we talked about the exciting Paris Air Show. So I figured today we'll talk about the even more exciting E3. Yeah. yeah. So what is the E3? Uh, it's mainly a gaming-focused um, conference uh, where you have Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and all the uh, publishers show off their new gadgets and new games. It used to be open to the public, then it was close to the public, and now it's open to the public again. So people can go and like check out the next Bethesda game or Ubisoft game and play it around. And it's always great around this time of the console cycle where the new consoles are starting to get announced. It's very, oh, nice. very exciting time. So what are some of the new consoles? Did any uh, consoles actually get announced during this E3 conference? So, yes. Uh, uh, the, biggest, the biggest one was the Microsoft showing. They showed off a bunch of games and then they also teased their next console, which they're calling Scarlet. And supposed to be able to support 8k video and uh you know 120 frames per second and all that jazz and sony of course had their playstation 5 uh, but they didn't show it off during e3 they kind of showed it off before the actual e3 started their big thing is they have this new ssd that's supposed to be like 10 times better than the current ssd and so and- your SSD is solid state drive. Yes. So it's the hard drive where all the games are actually stored, right? Yeah. What they are doing with it is uh, basically you're not going to have any load times. Any load times, because that's pretty big. Because right now, I mean, again, you know, I'm not a huge expert in this, but the load times can be pretty long, you know, a couple of minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. So to, I don't know if you guys played the new Spider-Man game. I didn't get a chance to play it yet, but that was their big demo. They showed off this thing where... It took eight seconds for you to like fast travel in that world in a current PlayStation Pro, but in the new PlayStation, it takes 0.8 seconds. No lag between levels. <laughs> yeah, instantaneous. Um, no, if we can only travel like that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. I think yeah. we're I think we're only at uh, at Apple Apple Transports. So, <laughs> uh, what's the thing that uh, Elon Musk is building? Hamster tubes. The Hyperloop. The Hyperloop. Yeah. I think we should actually have a podcast about that later on. (laughs) The Um, Hyperloop podcast. Stay tuned for the Hyperloop podcast. There you go. The the other new technology that's coming from, uh, that came out during E3 is the whole streaming. Um, So, you know, PlayStation and Xbox, they all talked about, they all talked about their new powerful consoles but uh, the big push 
in the next couple of years is going to be streaming of games, kind of like Netflix. You're going to have um, Google is becoming a big player and Microsoft using their Azure platform. Um, both of them are making it so that you can play the latest and greatest video games from just a Chrome browser or on your phone. Wow. And it's going to be interesting. And that'll be, you actually stream the game from Chrome, so you don't actually need to download it on your machine? Nope. Um, that's So that's going to be the thing, because like you don't need to, like, you know, both Google's thing, which is called Stadia, and Microsoft thing, which is called xCloud, um, both of them are similar. They both have their technical differences, but um, the general promise is you don't need a dedicated gaming box, whether that's an Xbox or whether that's, you know, a really powerful computer or anything. Um, because, you know, for PC gaming, you need the, you know, the latest graphics card or the latest processor um, in order to be able to play these massive open world games where you can control any player, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in 4K. So Google um, Stadia is coming out, I think, in a couple of months before the end of the year, definitely. And so, uh, what you're telling me is Google Chrome will take up even more RAM than it already does. It'll <laughs> 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 only be a matter of time before Amazon starts building their own platform. Uh, Amazon's been trying, actually. They've had a they've had a rough couple of years in gaming. Um, they launched a studio two years ago or three years ago, and they were working on this World of Warcraft type game. Um, and you know, it's again, it's supposed to be like a streaming game. Um, and uh, the latest news was they just had a massive, you know, um, round of layoffs at the studio. So we'll see. But uh, Google and Microsoft are actually the leaders. In fact, Sony decided to partner with Microsoft for the streaming part. When did that announcement go out? Because that actually seems kind of big. Yeah, that was huge. And in fact, um, it happened at the highest level of Sony and Microsoft that the PlayStation team didn't even know that it was happening, according to some reports. Wow. Yeah, because like um, PlayStation's had this program called PlayStation Now, where you can download it right now on your PlayStation 4 and stream games. But it is laggy. It is like... Unless you have fiber or unless you have like really, really top notch internet, doesn't work well. Okay. But, wow, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but Microsoft, you know, their Azure platform, they have like tons of data centers and so they're able to cut down on lag. And Google, oh, I mean, Google is Google and they also have data centers, but they also have this like, Apparently, they're, they have this protocol that optimizes between latency and um, quality. And so if you have good so internet, it'll, yeah. Yeah, so it'll know, like, can I push your graphics up a little bit? So you have yeah. better graphics and no lag, or are you a little bit slower? So, you know, you won't be able to see every single blade of grass in the whole field. You'll see, you know, clumps. Exactly. Basically, yeah. 
and it's making those decisions on the milliseconds and sometimes even microseconds. I was about to say milliseconds can be long in gaming. You know? Microseconds, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say your 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 latency is measured in milliseconds. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're saying that if you have 35 megabits per second, you'll be able to play 4K. 60 wow, FPS. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really crazy. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, you can play it on your Chrome, or if you have a Chromecast, you can stream it to the TV. Um, but from the sound of it, uh, their pricing is not very competitive. Not yet. Not yet. Like, if you want to play 4K, you got to pay $10 a month on top of paying for any games you want to stream. Wow. Okay. So it's not a true. So it's Netflix not like a experience. service like Netflix where you pay a ten, you know, ten dollars, whatever it is now a month, mm-hmm. um, and then you get any game you want. It's you have to subscribe to certain games. Yeah. Or at the moment, is that's how the pricing yeah. structure is working? I'm sure in the future that'll be like under an umbrella, be like, oh, you have the race car package, and again, that's probably down the road, not yeah. right right at the release or the you know the first person shooter or the yeah whatever other types of games, you know, that kind of thing. So that's where Microsoft has the advantage because Microsoft already has something called Game Pass mm-hmm. where, you know, for I think most of the time you can get these codes for a dollar a month. But, you know, on average, the, or the list price is $10 a month and they have hundreds of games that you can. Right now you had to download to play, but their promises with xCloud and Game Pass subscription, you just stream. So would you have to use... Internet Explorer or Internet Edge? <laughs> Sorry. Explorer Edge? What is it called? Microsoft Edge. Microsoft Edge. Edge yeah. Get some Firefox. To... Mozilla Firefox. Uh-huh. But will it be allowed to stream through that? Or could you even stream it through Chrome? Are they going to be like, no, you have to use our gaming platform if you're going to use it? Or would they just like the traffic? I think I think it's a Xbox app, actually. Oh, it's an Xbox app. At the moment, anyway. At the moment, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, interestingly... Microsoft's latest Edge is Chromium based. They've given up on their. A battle? No. <laughs> <laughs> They've yeah. given up on their own sort of algorithms and. On, uh... on their Internet Explorer, I guess. They yeah. moved so to was Chromium. So, what is Chromium? Is that like a, a, a language or is it just like how algorithms in the background behind Chrome work or what is that? That is something that I am not fully, um, you know, versed in, but. You have the Mozilla Firefox base, and you can mm-hmm. build browsers on top of that. And then you have Chromium, and you can build browsers on top of that. Oh, wow. Um, so that's so, what... <laughs> But it's the pizza base that you buy, and then you put your toppings on it. Okay. It's like... the crust and the sauce, and then you can add your stuff to it. Maybe just the crust, because you can Maybe get white sauce crust. or red sauce. You that never know. True. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, looking, looking it up... Uh-huh. It says that Chromium supplies a, uh, a is Chromium is Google's open source web browser project and um, supplies a vast majority of the code for the Google Chrome browser. Mm-hmm. So it's the it is like the the pizza the yeah. underlying aspects. Yeah, it's the pizza base. Well done, <laughs> well done. Okay, so that that's interesting that they've given up. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. that sounds bad. Given up, but I, I, I don't think they've given up. But like, times. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that Xbox announced a bunch of stuff, um, but one of the other big announcements that made at least the internet crazy was the Keanu Reeves, uh, and like he introduced a new game. 
Mm-hmm. What game was that that people went like absolutely batty over? <laughs> <laughs> that was the um, the the next game from the developers of uh, the Witcher Three video game from a uh, five years ago. Mm-hmm. That was massively popular. Um, so CD Projekt Red's next uh, game is called Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to come out, I think, next March of next year. And, uh, yeah, it's it looks crazy from everything, how the world, open world is, like, alive and constantly changing. And uh, people are already excited because, again, like I said, it's The Witcher 3 people. And for them to bring out Keanu Reeves and have Keanu Reeves not just as a a cameo in the video game, but he's actually apparently your main partner through the whole game. So nice. That that'll be cool. And the other main thing is um, the, from a video game standpoint was Ubisoft showed off their next installment of the Watchdog franchise, Watchdogs Three. The cool thing about that game is you can control. It's a giant open world game, but you can control any NPC in the game wow and an npc is a non-playable character in the game so, so how it's can like, you can control them if they're a non-playable character <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> that's the so yeah they used to be npcs they used to be characters in the world that was just like walking around and things like that but apparently in the next watchdogs you can just like jump from one person to another person and then go do a mission with that person so wow that's kind of yeah. crazy that's that's amazing thinking like right because I mean when like Fable, mm-hmm. the Fable when Fable came out the it was a massive innovation that you could choose your path and then yeah. changed as you made choices. Yeah. Um. That's that's and that's that's really insane that mm-hmm. you can literally have any character mm-hmm. and it's an unlimited choice of characters because mm-hmm. that's what um. Battlefield was Battlefield the first one that became open world that was endless that you could travel, you know, very large swaths of land. Yeah, with like game. like tanks and planes and yeah. I feel like that might be the like the next step in gaming is that now you don't have to like pick a character you can be any character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so the interesting thing is like I'm not sure what the technology behind it is. I'm not sure if it's like a um, game that came out a couple of years ago, No Man's Sky, where everything is procedurally generated, or mm-hmm. they, you know, custom created thousands of characters. I, I don't imagine that to be the case. Apparently, every character in Watch Dark has their own unique background and like voice and personality and all that stuff. So I'm imagining they probably have some kind of like library of various attributes, and then these NPCs are or with these characters are all procedurally generated based on picking from those attributes yeah. but it's just really cool that they're able to do something like that i could imagine it being sort of a miniature ai mm-hmm. aspects where they're given probably an algorithm that mm-hmm. randomly like you said randomly selects or they can go through this library and figure out kind of a personality but i think it's also it'd be really interesting if two people played the game how attaching on to the same character might be different. So, yeah, like, it's, that's the thing, right? Like, every person's experience is going to be completely different. How do you, 
how do you as the creative person tailor something yeah yeah, yeah. make sure that everyone has the experience that you want them to yeah. have at least a baseline experience yeah so it's mm -hmm. it's gonna be interesting when that comes out exactly exactly i don't know did you guys see any video games that uh you liked in during e3 uh the new halo i'm really kind of excited about i've always been a big halo fan though oh yeah so. I, I mean that's what i'm really looking forward to mm. uh, i would say when i was looking through i i'm always i'm interested in how it's changing how mm -hmm. the gaming experience is changing mm -hmm. and i was looking through for vr or ar aspects mm -hmm. um, virtual reality and augmented reality mm -hmm. uh, but one thing that i stumbled upon while i was looking that i found was really interesting is the microsoft flight simulator oh yeah <laughs> making a new update for it and it's the longest running ever video game oh it's, really yeah because i think it's been going for i think they said 30 years is is how long it's been running maybe maybe it's not 30 years but it's been a very long period of time yeah. And I'm, I just think that's really interesting because they're talking about how it's a, a community, such a community has been built around it. That's <laughs> something I think would be very fascinating from mm -hmm. a um, virtual reality perspective of you hop into a simulator, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're flying. <laughs> and, and they are doing, um, Microsoft is putting a lot of resources into that one. So they are taking all the uh, information they have from their, not sure what it's called, Bing Maps, I guess. Um, and they're importing everything to uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. So there's one more thing I wanted to talk about that I thought was really interesting. Mm. Um, so I always, when I used to play a lot um, of video games, is I'd have problems with my controllers dying. Mm. And I think the Microsoft just announced with their Xbox, like the newest controller that lasts for like 60 hours oh, without yeah. a charge. Yeah, like it's its own Bluetooth protocol, or or not made up protocol, but they use the latest Bluetooth protocol in order to like really downplay the amount of power it takes to communicate. I thought that was super cool. Sixty hours of continuous gaming. I mean, a human can't do that, but you don't need to like charge it. You know, <laughs> like if you forget to charge it one night, like oh, I won't, you know, die mm. in the middle of a game or something. Sixty hours. That's ridiculous, it's in my opinion. It's their uh, it's their Elite Pro controller. Yeah, and two. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think so that I, the, a controller would be a really interesting initial product to, de to, to design for wireless charging, truly wireless charging where you can project it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times, I mean, minus when you're in 8K, to get the full experience of 8K, you really need to be back away from the TV. But typically, I would say a lot of times, from my experience, I'm right up against the TV while I'm playing a video game. <laughs> So it's not that really that far of a distance to be able to project energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I wonder if that's how they're doing it. Like very, very, very light power. I'm, I'm curious. I don't have any idea. I didn't look into it enough. But I'm wondering if they're like, per, like, transmitting power a tiny bit through the air. Yeah. And it's possible. But I think actually they just wrote Bluetooth scripts really, really well in order to get it. I think yeah. it's all on the back end, the software. I mean, I'm sure the batteries are a little bit better. And, the hardware is a tiny bit, you know, using a tiny bit less power, but I think it's mostly software that's that's really, you know, taking the brunt of that. I think it's also close to a two hundred dollar controller, so it is. Yes, they can probably <laughs> put the nice battery in there. Yeah, yeah. and so. Microsoft, um, 
like Microsoft has done a lot of like great stuff in the controller space, not just with like, you know, like like you were saying, Jim, with their latest Elite Pro controllers, but for people with disabilities, they created this like um, plug-in controller system where, you know, if a person is not able to like move their fingers or something, so they made the joysticks like, you know, big pads. And if a person cannot use their hands, but, you know, uses their... I think, um, no, I know what you're saying is that yeah. like Microsoft has a, like a, not a division, but a team, not mm-hmm. a whole division, but a team of people that really work with people with disabilities on mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, to build controllers where they can play and, or different, you know, interfaces. I wouldn't necessarily call them controllers, but uh, something to control your character on the screen. So I guess, yeah, a controller. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. There's a, there's a team at Microsoft that does that. Yeah, it's called the Adaptive Controller. And, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really neat because we all take it for granted that, you know, we, we have the muscle control to, yeah, if you have disability and you still want to enjoy the next Watch Dogs or, or Halo <laughs> Infinite, you should be able to. Yeah, there's, um, I don't know if you've seen, there's a, I always see a commercial on for, um, you know, a, a, a kid with disability, um, you know, being able to play a game because mm-hmm. he has these these pads so that mm-hmm. he can be able to use a larger, mm-hmm. more of his hand instead of because he doesn't have the dexterity mm-hmm. um, in his fingers. And it really is interesting and wonderful, right, because they show the aspect of how much video games for some people are a community event where you'll be getting together with your friends but if you don't have the ability to participate in it Mm -hmm. right you you aren't truly being able to be part of the group in a sense yeah that is really like the best thing about technology when it can help bridge those um, gaps yeah absolutely cool um i think that's all we have for this week yeah i think that's our show for today for IOIT. I'm Jim. I'm Edward. And I'm Strero. See you guys, guys next week. week. Have a good night or day or wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs>